You're finally free. Work is finished. School is out. Now you can enjoy your vacation. All you need to worry about is bringing sunscreen and the right shoes. Nothing else matters. You can turn your brain off and relax. Yeah, the kids are with you, but there'll be plenty of people around and they know how to swim. It's not like you're going somewhere dangerous. It's just a theme park. What could possibly go wrong? I'm your host, Harper Hunt, and this is Cursed Knowledge. Welcome back to Cursed Knowledge. I'm Harper Hunt. And I'm Ben Hunt. And we want to congratulate you on surviving another summer vacation. We made it. Just barely, because turns out summer is not always the fun, carefree time you think it is. Sometimes turning your brain off has consequences. Always does. Always. And some of the most popular places to go on any vacation are amusement parks. I know we've been to Disney World plenty of times. It's the happiest place on earth. For I love Disney World. Those were a lot of really special times together. But of course, you get older, you do research, and you start to realize things are not always what they seem. And for me, I started to research how many people have died or been seriously injured at Disney World parks. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is this? Uh, yes. Okay. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear the numbers. All right. Let's go. Actually, they're not bad. Only 63 people have died due to injuries sustained at Disney World. Okay. That, yeah. That's more than I thought, but not a terrible number. Not terrible, especially when you realize that the majority of them came from pre-existing conditions. They already had some sort of health issue that was perhaps triggered by something at the park, but it was not directly caused by the park itself. However, there are a few other things that did seem to kind of keep coming up as I was doing my research. The first one is there were a lot of drownings, especially hmm. for small children, both at the resorts, at the parks, at the water parks. There were a lot of children, 10 and younger, who drowned or were drowning and later resuscitated. In 1977, actually, a four-year-old drowned in Cinderella's moat. Oh, that's, that's yeah. awful. Yes. It's terrible. And a lot of that, I think, kind of comes down to, unfortunately, parental negligence, because there's this idea that when you're at Disney, Disney's magical. It's kid-friendly. Everything is for the kids there. And so maybe you're not looking as closely and you're kind of expecting there to be somebody else who will watch your kids. Yeah. I mean, I remember being there with you four girls. Mm -hmm. I absolutely thought of it as a very safe place where I could turn off my parental brain. And you know, to their credit, Disney does have a lot of safety precautions in place. Unfortunately, you can't account for everything. And as I mentioned, in terms of drownings at resorts, there are actually four different drownings at the Fort Wilderness Lodge and one alligator attack. Ooh, that's not good. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, I am deathly afraid of crocodiles and alligators. They are my worst nightmare. I will not go near them in zoos. I will not go anything near anything like them. I, I don't mess with them. It's true. She doesn't. No. And so obviously you hear there is there was a attack in 86 of an alligator near the Fort Wilderness. There was also an attack in 2005 where a three-year-old actually had, she lost her hand. They were able to stop, the parents were able to intervene 
stop the alligator from taking her into the water, but she did have to have her hand removed. Wow. But, you know, I'll say again, these examples that you're giving Mm -hmm. are 20, 30, sometimes 40 years old. So it's, it's not so bad. I don't know. I mean, there there was the child in 2016 who was eaten by an alligator by the Grand Floridian. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not good. So again, the numbers actually look really good when you consider how long these parks have been operating, that we're pulling up incidences from the 70s and the 80s, you know, 50, 40 years ago. In that case, they're looking pretty good. But you do still have things popping up, kind of just patterns of behavior. Yeah. And I also understand that a very child-centric place like mm-hmm. Disney World attracts, well, shall we say, more than a share of people who would grope or otherwise be there because they're attracted to young children. Yes, it's not common, but I would say it is not unheard of for there to be reports or accusations of that happening. Well, it's, it's to your point is that you can't turn your brain off Yes, even at the happiest place in the world. Right. You still have to be watching for these dangers. You still have to parent your child. Actually, another thing that kept coming up, especially for injuries to children, was children being unsafe on the rides. Like this 15-year-old girl was jumping back and forth from the different moving cars on the Haunted Mansion. Oh, right. Right, right, right. And that's the thing where you kind of need a parent to take control of your kid and stop having them put themselves in danger like that. Well, 15 is tough because, like, I remember, and this isn't Disney because Disney was way too expensive to Mm -hmm. do something like this. But, you know, I remember Six Flags Mm -hmm. was the place where, I don't know, probably starting in sixth grade, which is sixth grade is what, 12? Let's call it 12 years old. What are you, 12? Yeah, right, exactly. You know, we'd have field trips. Mm -hmm. And you'd go to Six Flags and that, was largely unsupervised. I've got to, I got to say, I mean, you'd get I, packs I, yes. of, you know, 14 or 15 year old kids roaming around Six Flags. Anyone who's yeah. been to Six Flags knows my, this phenomenon. Yes. I've been on the other end of that phenomenon when I did my junior chamber singers, our state's performance that we won twice. We would go to Six Flags for the results and we were left to run wild. As long yeah. as we were back by yeah. the agreed upon time, we yeah. could do whatever we wanted. Well, is Six Flags very different in terms of from, from Disney? Very similar, yet very different. So Six Flags actually has a lower fatality rate than Disney overall. They have 61 fatalities to Disney's 63. Oh, wow. Which, again, very good when you consider how many rides Six Flags has, how many locations that they have. That number looks really, really good. But it's not just fatalities that you need to consider. It's also injuries. And that's where Six Flags definitely pulls ahead. They lead the pack in terms of injuries, dangerous moments, just kind of like things going wrong. Well, that makes sense to me, right? Because Mm -hmm. we were just talking about packs of 15-year-olds roaming the park. Right. Right. So, and it strikes me that that would be the clientele more likely to get into accidents. Is that what happens? Not even actually. The 15 year olds are remarkably well behaved. They're (laughs) afraid of getting in trouble. (laughs) No, a lot of the issues that come up with Six Flags, you have, it's kind of just a a byproduct of having so many roller coasters with so many people going on them. You have, if these coasters have been active for, you know, a few decades, they've been going few hundred times every day, just that wear and tear starts to, you start to feel it on the ride. And that's where you start to see things like people getting trapped on rides for hours in the sun. 
You know, it's not going to kill you, but it's certainly not pleasant when you have to be medevaced by helicopter. I get it. That happened? You had a several helicopter? Times. Oh several my God. times in different Six Flags areas. You also have a lot of people, the rides will sometimes hit each other. The next cart coming in will arrive before oh, yeah. that one car is supposed yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. So you get a lot of whiplash from that. Again, perhaps not life-threatening, but certainly not pleasant. You also have a lot of falling objects. People say, you know, please store all your loose, your loose objects or loose items. They mean that. They mean that very, very seriously. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. In, so in, things fall off of roller coasters and hit people? Yeah. In 2020, actually, a nine-year-old girl was struck in the face by someone's phone. And she saw scars from the incident. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2018, a washer fell off of a ride and hit a girl's shoulder. And she had to get surgery on it because it fucked up her shoulder that bad. A, a washer like a... Well, it was 10 inches and 10 pounds because it's made for an industrial-sized roller coaster. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was not insignificant. But actually, the real problem that comes in with a lot of these issues with Six Flags come with the safety bars. Hmm. So I'm sure you kind of take them for granted. All right. Yes. Pull down. Can you pull up for me? All right. Good. On to the next one. They don't always work for everybody. So... In 2011, an Iraq veteran who was a double amputee below the knee was thrown from a ride. Oh, my God. Because, that sounds terrible. Because the way the restraint was supposed to work is it was supposed to go over his leg. And that force is supposed to keep you keep you down. So he yeah. physically could not stay in. But I got to say, I mean, an example like that sounds like he just shouldn't have been able to go on the ride. And that's the fault of the park and the ride operators for not that's for true. not saying, hey, these restraints won't work on you. And you have a few other cases of that. Actually, a similar thing happened to a paraplegic who suffered increasing spinal injuries because it, the ride wasn't able to keep him fully safe. Or a lot of people have given out reports of being thrown from the rides or their restraints just not working, largely because the ride operators don't check properly, or they don't listen to their concerns. And a lot of it is that sometimes people, you know, you've been waiting for this ride for two hours, you want to go on. Yeah, okay, it feels fine. Let's just go. Yeah. Even if the restraint doesn't fit you fully. And that's how a lot of these people get injured or die on these rides. It ends up being because the restraints weren't working. Although the worst one, actually two of the worst ones. I don't, I don't think it can be worse than the 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 the, oh, it can. The veteran amputee. Batman can make it worse because he is Batman. So this happened down in Georgia. This two incidences happened on the same ride. So first, down in 2002, a foreman was struck in the head by the dangling legs of the ride as it went past him because he was in a restricted area where he shouldn't have been. He later died, and the girl that hit him had to have some serious leg rehab because it kind of hurt. And then in 2008, on that same ride, a young man was fully decapitated by oh, the ride. Oh, no, 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 no. Because he and his friend hopped over two six-foot fences to get back there. And there's conflicting stories about whether or not they were trying to take a shortcut back into the park, if they were trying to recover a hat that had dropped. But the end result is still the same. Okay, those are horrific. Those I are will, pretty bad. I will, I will grant you that. Decapitation is, is at the top of any I knew, list. I know I could one-up you. Yeah, at the top of any list of... And 
This was a Batman themed ride. This was Batman. This was Batman. Actually, have you? So the last one to end on is a bit more personal. So the Six Flags near us, the Six Flags New England, and the spooky myth that they used to tell us middle schoolers when we would go up there for our, you know, unsupervised hour long jaunt was that the new the newly named Bizarro ride used to be the Superman ride, but they changed the name after someone died. <laughs> All right, that's pretty um, good. We they, had, they did we actually had... change the name after someone died in 2004. Oh, my God. Well, we had, so, I mean, for us, it was the original Six Flags, you mm-hmm. know, Six Flags over Georgia and then Texas later. But I got to tell you, I mean, those are horrific accidents. But if there's a horrific accident after climbing over a multiple fences designed or trying to keep you out and i'm clearly in a do not enter area i'm still actually i don't want to say pleasantly surprised but a little bit yeah about these major theme parks i mean i'll I'll tell you i've never felt well i get it right that even at a disney even at a Six Flags, you can't abdicate your responsibility for things. But I'll tell you that the only place I've ever felt, not just that I'd abdicated, that I'd abdicated responsibility by coming there in, in the first place, was at one of these action parks. I would say, though, that the only place I felt so unsafe and realized, oh, my God, what am I doing here, particularly with you girls? Mm-hmm was when we went to one of these water parks. Not not the water park like you would get at a Disney or a Six Flags, a Schlitterbahn. I'm not talking about yes. that, right, for, okay. for the Texas people here. I'm talking about these, and you would, you would have them, I've mostly seen them up here in the north. It could be a lake, right? But it's more commonly, as I've seen, you know, an abandoned quarry mm-hmm. that's filled up with water. And so now they've got these basically rafts and walls to climb and zip lines to, to go over into mm-hmm. the lake. I mean, we went there and you guys were not so young when we went there. And I was like, oh my God, I could have killed myself on one of these, you know, hanging onto a T-bar and trying to zip out that. into the I water. I remember you and I went to this one activity that they had set up where you needed to pull yourself out of the water. You had to swim to get there climb up a rock wall, and then jump onto the inflatable pad below. And I remember being terrified because you're soaking wet, so and you now have to climb up a rock wall that's already slippery from everybody else doing it. To this day, I do not know how I got up that wall. Well, I remember that and because I, I am of a certain age, you know, and you've got this line of, you know, 19, 21-year-olds behind you, kind of go, go, go. I don't know how I got up that wall, but that it wasn't even that ride that I felt Fear very unsafe. Fear of failure really pulled through for me. Well, that's true, but I, I never felt, I, I felt like I could be embarrassed mm-hmm. there, but I didn't feel like I could really hurt myself there. Unlike the, the, the ride, it's not a ride, but it's where you have to grab onto the T-bar and then jump off a cliff and then hang on until Mm -hmm. you get far enough out where you let go. And I just remember just really busting. And I remember your sister having the same experience. 
I remember vividly There's saying, you know, someone could get killed. There. Yeah, but I do wonder about these kind of, let's call them more action parks. So action park was oh, a that place. Was a specific that was one. a specific okay. place. That was a real place. It was not a franchise, thank God. In where else? New Jersey. And it really only ran in the 80s, 80s to 90s, and it was eventually shut down because people in the area used to call it class action park or traction park mm, mm. because of how many people were getting injured. Basically, it was kind of that perfect storm of underage and undertrained employees, poorly designed rides, was there alcohol? and lots of alcohol. I, I was going to lots say, because the attraction of all these quarries, whether it was in Alabama or, you know, as an adult, mm -hmm. taking you kids to it, again, the thing I, I regretted when we did it, it's the alcohol. It's the alcohol. Well, actually, and unfortunately, six people did die at Action Park between 1980 and 1987. Three of them died in the tidal wave pool. So three hmm. of them were just drownings. One of them stands out a little bit more because it was an electrocution. So this guy's on a ride in 82. He's on the kayak experience. His kayak flips over. He falls out. He hops out. He goes to flip his kayak over. But as he's doing so, he steps on some exposed wire from oh my God. the, I think it's like the fan vents underneath it, and is electrocuted. Okay, that's terrible. It does sound like the, the action park is like one of these water parks. Like I'm thinking mm -hmm. about Schlitterbahn for the Texas people or, yep, you know, I guess Disney and Six Flags, they have their kind of associated water mm -hmm. parks. I guess it's it's... That sounds terrible. And what I'm thinking about these, the, the, where it's not rides, but it's basically quarries that have been turned into mm -hmm. places to come gather. Those seem dangerous to me. But I think from our discussions earlier about this, we're not even at the most dangerous place. The most deadly parks in America are the national parks. Okay. You are significantly more likely to die going to your local national park than you are going to any of these theme parks. And the national parks don't even have the zip lines or the other things that got me so worried and, and, they, they and don't injured have, at the at the Right. They don't have quarries. places that are perhaps as easy for you to put yourself in danger, but they still have there's still wildlife, there's still water, there's still food, sharp drops, going on a hike or a trail that you are not ready for. Weather can change very quickly. You can get lost. There are a ton of things that can still happen. And actually, there's a reason why from 2014 to 2023, the forest rangers in just New York State alone ended up rescuing 5,400 people. Oh, my God. That's just in New York State, which admittedly has a lot of parks, but... Well, that's that's more people than ever needed medical attention in that time span. Well, well, now that you mention it, so you know, I was thinking about you know, your mm -hmm. mother, my wife, you know, her family's from Puerto Rico, and she was talking about this, you know, little town, beautiful beach, and she was saying, you know, a couple of people, a couple of people die there every year there on the beach. I believe she said it averages to about one, specifically drowning, one death of drowning every month. 
which is kind of crazy to me because you never think about that and never hear about that. And, and I do wonder, well, I mean, lifeguards. And Save not, a million not, people every year. What? How many? Save at least one million people every year. Okay. I thought the number would be big. I didn't know it would be that big. And then I think about all the beaches because I never went to beach. That but how many, times have, how many times have we gone to beaches where there wasn't a lifeguard on duty? Or we've gone swimming even with the sign posted saying, no lifeguard on duty. All the time. All the time. And you think it's safe. You think, I'll watch my kids. I know what I'm doing. We know how to swim. It'll be fine. Right. You don't. It's exactly that. You think you're in a special place. Yeah. And so you kind of relax a little bit. You turn your brain off, especially in places like Puerto Rico, where it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's special. You're on vacation. You should be able to relax and read your book while your kid plays in the water. They know how to swim. They're fine. I think that's it, Harper. I, I think that even... I mean, I don't feel like I turn my brain off mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, you, you don't. Well, with, with you, the kids, and, and your mother certainly doesn't. And we can still enjoy these places of, of, of beauty. But I do remember when I would go to Disney or the like, I did kind of feel like I could turn my brain off sometimes. And, and I realize, you know, in this conversation, that's not true. But I also know that when I'm at the beach and, you know, you get there and you're there for an hour, mm -hmm. you let down your guard. And not that you have to be on guard all the time, but I think we tell ourselves a story that it's safer than it actually is. Does that make sense? I think you're exactly right. For all that, you know, I've talked about the horrible injuries and decapitations happening at these theme parks. These places are still really, really safe. Really safe. They, yeah. You have trained professionals. You have maybe not so trained professionals, but still people who know how to operate the rides. You are in a well-known area where emergency services can get to you quickly and reliably. And all of the rides, mostly, have been through some sort of testing and maintenance. Yeah. They are designed yeah. to be safe. And so... Nature it, is not designed to be safe. Nature is not designed to be safe, but we... In our experiences, we, we experience these parks that are largely mm -hmm. safe, can't turn your brain off entirely, but are largely safe. And so we have that story kind of playing in our heads when we go to another beautiful place that we're going for vacation, mm -hmm. that we're going for enjoyment and being outside, and we treat the waves or the hike mm -hmm. like it was a ride at an amusement park. You should be safe. Odds are you will be safe and nothing's going to happen. But that's not a guarantee. I think there's so much in our lives, and this is where I'll turn it back to the, the bigger picture, mm -hmm. right? Where in this modern world where we can engage in things that are largely safe and regulated and the like, mm -hmm. we start to think that is the natural world. And, and I... This is interesting because I'm, I'm really kind of thinking about other areas where we have the benefits of the Disney-fied equivalent of things, mm -hmm. where things have been made safe and supervised, and we then carry that over into a world where it's not the case. 
Absolutely. I think you start to take those things for granted. You think that is the norm and it's not. And so that's why we wanted to congratulate you on surviving another summer vacation. Hopefully you survive the next one too. This is great, Harper. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me again, Ben. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new. And remember, the real curse is sharing this information with your friends, family, and unsuspecting coworkers. If you enjoyed this production, like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, tell us your most cursed knowledge by joining us on the forums at epsilontheory.com. <laughs>